Hi, and welcome to the New Futurist Podcast. I'm Jared Nichols, your host, and today is actually uh, an excerpt from a podcast that I was the guest on. I, when I used to host The Road Ahead, uh, I was also the guest on a number of other shows, and I've had the honor and privilege to uh, sit down and have some great conversations with some amazing people, and this is one of those episodes here. This is with my good friend Eric Kazimoff. He's the uh, founder and CEO of Kaz Source Inc., CM. They're a content marketing and strategy company here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Eric and I've actually, uh, he's had me on a show three different times. I think only one of those was planned. The other two is because I just happened to be in the office and uh, we decided to pull out the mics and have a conversation. This is one of those conversations. And uh, we talk about creating the future, um, marketing, running uh, a small business, needing to think large and needing to think longer term. And of course, we, uh, we take cracks at the fact that I'm a Cleveland Browns fan and I've, uh, I've learned to, to suffer for a long time in that reality. So anyway, a little house cleaning first. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, please take a quick second, hit subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date shows, new and old uh, interviews like this. And uh, of course, also so you can connect with us. You can connect with me and let me know what you think. Let me know if there's anything you're in, you're actually, you really want to hear about that's not being talked about uh, because we do read those comments. We do uh, take feedback seriously and want to make sure we're providing you with the tools, the ideas, the things that will really help you uh, as you are going forward and making better decisions about the future. Okay, enough of that. Let's go ahead and jump into the show. So we're here with Jared Nichols, the football fan. Jared. Newly. Newly football fan. Newly minted. When we last spoke, you weren't a football fan. What happened? Well, okay. No, go ahead. You weren't a football fan, right? You talked about it. You You weren't like a hater. Right. But you didn't talk about football. Right. I you came into the office yesterday, and I overhear you talking about the Ohio State TCU game. Yeah, what's transformed? Like, why football? Why now? Okay, so I, I attribute this to a couple of things. Um, one, I stopped drinking, and I'm not joking. You know, so I found that I had no idea. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, you know, I started finding inspiration in these stories, these football stories, and that's so. That's one part of it. The other part of it is that I grew up as a Cleveland Browns fan, which would cause a lot of people to start drinking. That's right. <laughs> and uh, watch the School of Hard Knocks okay. on HBO. And that just got me pumped up again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so so that's, you got back into it. Right. I need to okay. find something to replace you know, drinking. So well, I mean, in Ohio, football is somewhat of a, oh, a religion, and it's pretty important. Yeah. You know, my father's it from is. Cleveland as well, and he grew up a Browns fan. Stopped rooting for the Browns when they left. He, you know, spent right. uh, a lot of he's he's spending a lot of his time in Buffalo, so he became a Bills fan. So another team oh, where man. they'll cause you to do a lot of not good things. So um, yeah. so you're into football, but I heard you talking about the game, and it wasn't just like what you hear people talking about the game who just picked up the game again you know right. you knew about the game but you oh, were yeah. kind of like getting deep with it which i thought was interesting that yeah yeah I, so i've always appreciated a good game any sport and um and i just see of course watching the browns which is absolutely an emotional roller coaster it's it's always a disappointment <laughs> so, <laughs> so watching other games my dad is an ohio state fan just like you and uh so we watched the ohio state game the other day and I, as somebody who doesn't follow football on the regular, there's a lot of novelty to you know just the regular season games. I mean, obviously, as somebody who doesn't follow it, you know, you know, I watch the Super Bowl or watch some you know some big uh, uh, bowl games or whatever. 
But watching the TCU-Ohio State game, something really caught my attention. That was it. I was blown away by watching TCU, who I'd never heard of before, by the way. It just shows you how ignorant I am when it comes to college football. But they were playing a completely different football game. That was the first thing that stood out to me. It's like, they are hustling. It's like they got a bunch of endurance athletes, put mm-hmm. some muscle on them. They're still smaller than Ohio State. Mm-hmm. But they were wearing Ohio State out in that first half. Now, mm-hmm. they ultimately lost the game. Mm-hmm. But that was the thing that stuck out to me is these guys are playing a completely different ball game. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. So they were coming into that game knowing that they couldn't compete with them in certain ways. But yeah. if they use speed to their advantage, and Ohio State's a fast team too. Yeah. So you follow Ohio State. I mean, they've recruited very well in Texas oh, yeah, and Florida State's and Ohio. Yeah. So they have the speed, but these guys are a little bit maybe smaller. Yeah, even. they are. It's in fast in other areas. And they, and they went yeah. and they had a fast pace, right, to the game. Very fast. So you're watching – oh, maybe we can't compete with the big boys in uh, this way, so why don't we compete with them in this way yeah. and do it as long as we possibly can do it? And they did it, yeah. right, for a long time, and they then did. it kind of wore, they got worn out. Well, they just started making, yeah, I mean, you can't sustain that throughout an entire game. Right. They kept the pace up, but I think they were, the, my, as an outside observer, I just felt like I think they just started making some bad decisions that they were a little tired as well. And Ohio State adapted. Mm-hmm. They started to pick up, okay, we know what they're doing. Yeah. Then, you know, they got their feet wet team. with it, yeah. right? Yeah. But no, I think it's cool that here you are, someone who's not watching football, as you said, on the regular. Yeah, and you pick up on these things, and right. that's yeah. what's for you know. My wife watches it. She's like, "Why are you watching this again? This is the same things happening over and over again." There's <laughs> not, I'm like, "No, but there's like all these nuances. And there's all these little strategies going on." She's like, "Where? I don't, you know." And I get it, right? Yeah. And it's not for everybody, and yeah. it's certainly not for her. But I think it's cool that someone can pick it up mm-hmm. and show up and watch the game. And find something different about it. It's not something unique about it. Do you yeah. take anything from that game? We talk about sports entrepreneur all the time. We love like the intersections between sports and business, right? Do you watch that and see like the things that we were just talking about, where you have a smaller school mm-hmm. that has to use something else to their advantage that they don't have, that yeah. the other team has a big advantage of them, and then they applied it and had some success with it. Yeah. I mean, do you see a lot of parallels with that? Oh, well, of course. Yeah. I mean, there's the obvious. You know, if you're more lean, you know, you can you can move faster. Right. I think the uh, the thing that st- stands out to me where the parallel is is that it's more around the assumptions, right? So if you're playing Ohio State, there's the assumption, well, this is Ohio State. And so even Ohio State and Ohio State fans, you know, walk into it and say, yeah, TCU's good, but I can't remember where they ranked 15th or something. And yeah, they're Ohio up State's there. Though. They're right, up there, right, but right. Ohio State's, you know, yep. way up there. Yeah, they're so the assumption is, is, okay, this is the big guys. Uh, they're expected to win. And when they got out there and started wearing them out, that starts to change the narrative a little bit. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, to me, it's if you can. When it comes to business or anything, I mean, business is very much a game. I mean, when you're just looking at the transactional side of things, I mean, that you know, when you get academic about it, I mean, that's what business is. So, yeah. knowing how to use your strengths or do something that differentiates you that throws, you know, the competition off off guard, mm-hmm. like, that's a huge advantage. Whether you win or not, I mean, here's the thing. After that game, Ohio State's never going to play TCU the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just not. I mean, the play that blew my mind, and I know we're getting off, the, was that play where uh, on the return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got yeah, from down. laying down. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. Unfortunately, they didn't count it, you know, but I was thinking, but they'll never be able to do that play again. Because yeah. they'll know, okay, we know yeah, what's yeah. coming. It was but, yeah. No, it was, yeah. So it was to good. me, I think it's, they're changing, they, they were playing a different game, and that's what really stood out to me, is play a different game. Yeah. I think a lot of people spend a lot of time and energy trying to play the same game. Yeah. But if, if they were to try to meet Ohio State, 
you know, playing the same game, they've just they've gotten distorted more. Yeah. No, I like how you go deep. I do want to touch Thank on that you. one thing. Thank when he was much. lined in the end zone, my son and I were watching the game. My son's like, oh, my God, they're doing that play. I'm like, what play? And I was like, oh, wow, they're in the end zone. You see it. The guy threw the ball like seven yards forward or yeah. whatever it was. But someone from upstairs during the game called down to the coach, which is Ryan Day for that, for that game for Ohio State, and said someone's down in the end zone. And he literally thought someone had gotten shot in the end zone. So, yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh. well, that's I mean, which is crazy to think like – the yeah. people were like freaking out over there, or, you know, because they had the headphones on. Well, so. the, there's the disruption, right? That's one <laughs> yeah. thing. But then the way they were hustling, I mean, they couldn't even get the the replay of the first play done uh, because yeah. TC was moving so fast yeah. into the next that's down. Right. That's and right. to me, I thought that's that's what was like. They're playing a different game, and right? That really, that was well, awesome. so what's cool though is you go watch this game, and then you took it, you you just went deep, right? And then I asked you another question, you went deeper. And that's what you do, right? That's what you do in your business. And here you go, creating a book, the three skills you must have to create the future you want to see. You go deep. This is how many books for you have you written now? This is your fifth, thir- fifth book. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wow. Oh, don't So you can know that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and a lot of it, you used the word assumptions before. Why, why a fifth book? Why another book? Why now? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, over the past year, really, over the past year and a half, uh, well, you know, the other books are fine. There's, there's good stuff in there. I'm not going to slam those. But, but being completely transparent, I mean, my other books, in a lot of ways, they're written for me. Uh, the language that I use in there is not as accessible as it should be, right? And so for me, writing this book was really falling more in line with this overhaul that I've been taking with my business. You know, when I finally got clear on, look, this is what it is that I do. And these are the people that I serve. And my goal is to teach more teams and individuals how to think like futurists so that they can create, literally create, the kind of future they want to see. And if I'm going to do that, that means that I need to write in an accessible manner. I need to speak in an accessible manner. I think a lot of us in business and everything else, we're trying to put ourselves out there. We fall into the trap of, well, what is going to make me look and sound the most professional? And we, without thinking about it, we compromise the real value and the energy that we can bring to a situation and the value we can bring to somebody else. So I think for me, writing this book was to say, look, let's, let's filter this down. If there are three skills that you need to have to create the kind of future you want to see, what are they? So I'd ask myself that question. And that really is why I wrote this book. I wrote this book for people to have quick wins, not to say, okay, cool, I'm going to sit down and read a dissertation. No. I want somebody to be able to take this, put one of the habits after every single skill that's in there, there's seven daily habits to take action on. If they just do one, mm-hmm. it should give them a quick one. Okay. And that's my goal. Did you go through somewhat of this before you wrote the book? Is this kind of what led you down this path that you were going through this process in your own head? Yeah, well, you know, so in my field, what I've been trained for as a futurist, strategic foresight, I've explained this to other people uh, at times, my classmates, my graduate program, all came from the State Department, which means we you know, they came from the intelligence agencies. So that's what we've been trained for, right? Is to think and build scenarios and everything else. But just like academia, it's a language unto itself. It's not an accessible uh, type of, it's not an accessible practice for most people. And that to me is problematic because the power of thinking this way, the ability to shape the conversation, to redirect to think differently about how the future may unfold and then take action in the present is so important that I want more people thinking this way. And so what led me down this path was rather than coming out and 
giving them a foreign language that they won't understand and then hoping and getting frustrated, why, why don't they get the importance of scenario building and all this other kind of stuff. I spent a lot of time really synthesizing and saying, what are the core things that the average person needs to know? The average, and I say average is like, you don't have to have a graduate degree in this, you don't have to have a background in this. What are the core things that one person needs to know to start making a difference in their life and the lives of the people they serve? And so for me, it was about synthesizing my message and really getting down to the core. And all the extra stuff is just extra stuff, but this is the core. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people now, there, there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of ideas, there's a lot of books, a lot of podcasts, and it's all great, right? But at the end of the day, you need to come down to your, you need to simplify, yeah. simplification. And it sounds like that's what you, you just talked about it, that's what you were going for in this, and that was a big piece of it. So you can get in front of, whether it's the business owner, or the sales professional, whoever that person might be, mm-hmm. and they can look at it, find that one thing, and truly simplify it for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. That's what it comes down that's to. I want somebody to have a win, yeah. a quick win. You know, I mean, that's why the title of the book is the three skills you must have to create the future you want to see. It's yeah. a very straightforward title. Yeah, you know, a little long in the tooth there, right? But I sort of say, look, there's no ambiguity here. This is what this is. Yeah, you know, and it's short. It's you know, it's easy, and the font is big. I've yeah, sure. Compliments on this. Like, oh, this yeah. looks like I don't. Know, it's something I can this. get through. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, and this weekend and get excited about it for Monday and get, get at it right away. Yeah, because yeah. oftentimes when we get a book, right? We're like, okay, well, this is going to take some time and energy, and many times we don't get around to reading it. Yeah, that's why you know it's short. It's simple. I mean, it's tiny. Yeah, I like the colors. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's so. There's a lot. There's a lot of books, right? I read a lot, or you listen to books, however you want it, or whatever you read, whether blogs or white papers, whatever that might be. And someone would say another book, another book. Mm-hmm. But I look at it like this is good noise to put in your head, right? This is the stuff that you want to listen to or read or whatever that I might hope be. So. Yeah. You hope so. <laughs> well, what is it to the person that says, "I got all these books over here. Why this book?" Like, you know, we talked about like the simplification of it all and all that, but it's it's hard, right? Because now you're asking someone else to read another book. Yeah. And I'm taking it from you that this is your fifth book and you're not slamming the other books, but if you were to pick one book right now, this That's is the it. book. That's the one. Yeah. Why not? Why? Yeah, so so I'd answer that question in two parts. One is that if they're like, well, why do I need that book? Then maybe they don't. I'd say, I don't know if you need this book. I mean, right. in my opinion, it's... You know, there there are there's lots of books out there that talk in the language of create your future. Uh, so some might say, what is this like a self help book? And not necessarily, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a, it's taking the principles and the and the skills of foresight, synthesizing it down to three core skills that you have to have, and it's so that you can make better decisions today. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing: the reason why I wrote this book and why I've you know the, what I hope that people get from this book when they read it is uh, just a greater sense of uh, the power and the potential that they have to create the kind of future they want to see. And, and I'll unpack that you know, if we want to get into that. But more importantly is this, is that the vast majority of us, and I'm speaking from experience, right? And the vast majority of us are living our lives by some other guy's idea of what our future should be. So that's not just theoretical. I mean, if you think about the narratives and the stories that we tell ourselves, and I mean, just like we were talking about uh, my other books, but you get my slam. There's good stuff in there, absolutely. You know, I mean, but I wrote that and held back from writing the way that I speak and everything else because I wanted to make it sound a certain way and present it a certain way. Well, that's not my idea, mm-hmm. but I did. It was so subtle that I didn't even realize that that's what I was doing. Yeah. So to me, it was you know, it's if we're going to create the future, literally create, mm-hmm. right? 
and we want to and we want to feel more in control and we want to be empowered to do that then we have to change the way that we're thinking we have to build certain skills three let just keep it at three hell just keep it at one right build one pick the one thing pick one of them and work on it because if we grow if we change if we can think more critically think more strategically well, then we have a greater role that we're playing. We are not sitting back and waiting for somebody else to decide our outcome for us. Right, and I want to get into that. But what I did like is, you know, I, it's a hard question to say, well, why did you grite this book? And someone would <laughs> be like, I don't know, man. I just wanted to write the book, right? Oh, so like it's me. a tough question. Yeah. Like, man, this guy's a hard interviewer. But that's not it because I think you nailed it. And there is no right or wrong answer to those types of questions. Yeah. I think we'd agree. But you, you said it's not for everybody. Right. And that's okay. Like, that's what we talk about in business. You can't convince everyone that this is going to be the best book. But for the right person, if this impacts one person, I think that's Absolutely. a big deal to you. That's that's what it is, man. I mean, and you I, took a stand. Yeah. So don't cut me off, no kidding. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, but you took no seriously. But you took a stand as to this. I wrote this book because this is what I believe. Mm-hmm. And you're putting yourself out there, and you're like, this is what I believe. I think people need to read this. Yeah. I think people need to understand this, and I'm going to put this out there. And if you don't like it. Well, yeah, maybe it's not for you, and that's, that's right. fine. I'm okay with that. I think a lot of energy is spent on trying to convince people that one are not really your audience, right? And two, uh, it doesn't matter what you do, they're not going to be convinced. And so, I, th- I think you have to really be clear on who am I writing this book for. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, unlike before, uh, I've I've spent the last year and a half really diving deep, not just in my own business and my own life, but trying to find that alignment, making some big changes and changing the way things are presented. Uh, not as a strategic move to try and oh got him you know but more of a how do I how do I present my authentic self in a way uh, that resonates with the people that I want to serve and want to work with and so now you know diving into these are the folks that I'm trying to reach I you know I think about what do they do when they get up in the morning you know what not just what are they reading what's their job title that stuff is really yep. surface I mean at the end of the day it doesn't matter if you're a CEO you're a human being first. And so I'm going to get in the heart and mind of a human being. And when I thought about them and I think about what plagues them or what their concerns are, you know, a lot of these folks are already successful. They've been successful in their lives, and, but they're not somebody who's like, well, I'm just going to wait out the clock and get my, you know, my retirement and, and hope everything goes well. These are folks who the idea of retirement is so foreign to them. Uh, they're like, what's next? And so that's who I write for. That's who I speak for. It's people that have the ability and have the desire to make a change and want to try and create something, uh, a legacy that they can be proud of. That's who I'm trying to reach. If that's not of interest to you, I'm not going to waste any time trying to get you to buy my book. I don't care. I mean, I care. No, I get it. But you care or you don't care. No, I get it. Well, it's also an example for others to take that stand, to put yourself out there. You have an opinion. You have a feeling. Make your statement. So many people hedge everything that they say. Yeah, and or don't want to even put themselves out there. I get it. It's yeah. it's we just we we talk about it all the time. It, when when you write a blog post, when you do a podcast, when you write a book, when you say something in a meeting, right. you are putting yourself out there, and that yeah. is not easy to do. But the more you do it, the better you get at it. And then yeah. the fifth book comes along, and it's like, oh man, this one's good. Yeah, this well, yeah I, yeah, I think you're exactly right. And let's just think back. I mean, you and I've known each other for years now. Years. Yeah. Years, nah. plural. I don't know how many. It's, it's just we a, lost count, right? Yeah, yeah I've lost count. Uh, so you and I know each other for years. I, so what you just said, I'm an example of that, mm-hmm. right? Um, I would put myself out there, created tons of content, and the message was still the same. But do you remember how we used to? We'd actually shoot here, mm-hmm. and you'd say, "Hey, let's document this." And I said, "No, 
and I would get on because you were always wanting to document, do stuff like that. And me, I was, I was thinking, no, I want to get mic'd up, I want to do the shoot. You know, I was in this because I was thinking about presentation. I was thinking about this is again, I was trying. You know, I had the wrong standard. I had some other guy's idea of what success should look like going through my head and influencing me. And it's just and that's crap. Yeah, you know. So I'm an example. But of it that. builds up over time because you go through childhood, school, parenting. All these different stages in your career and your bosses and managers and people that you just run into and books that you read, podcasts, right? And all the next thing you know, it's like you're not leading your own life. Right. You are and you aren't. And that's hard to, to come to that realization to yeah. be like, wait a second. No, no, that's wrong. I, this is what I believe. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to do. Think about it like this, right? I mean, you think about a script, you know. Uh, oftentimes, if we really stop and think about it, we are playing a role that somebody else has written for us. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, are we okay with that role? And then also be aware enough to say, I am okay with that role, and I know I'm not the one that has written this, but at least I'm aware of it now. Because that's really the first step, you right? Know? I mean, to say, okay, I'm aware of what's going on. Like I said earlier in the interview here, you know, I decided to quit drinking. I mean, it was one of those things where I was realizing that uh, this, I, you know, ever since the kids have been born, this had been something that was my way of relaxing at night. Well, that starts, you know, if I couldn't go out and race and ride the bike like mm -hmm. I used to, to mm -hmm. burn off all that excess energy, I just thought, uh, you know, it just became one of those things uh, deal with stress and everything else. But I came to a point, you know, a couple years ago, really, and it's, you know, it, and just finally came to the decision, like, okay, I'm done with this. Uh, you know, I, I don't want this in my life anymore. Is that I was aware enough, you know, self-aware enough, I said, I'm making a conscious decision to drink. I'm making a conscious decision to do that. There's no excuse, nothing else. It is a decision that I'm making. And shortly after that, I was like, oh, I'm gonna make the conscious decision to go ahead and stop. Because, you know, for my own person, that's not to say that everybody should do that. I'm saying for myself, right? right? You know, it's, it's about- Instead of having a couple beers a night. Yeah, so I'm exactly, yeah. yeah. Make the change. Right, yeah, it's okay, look, you know, I, I don't need to have, you know, two or three beers every night, right? right? I mean, but you realize that, so you found, and whether it's put, changing the way you produce content or yep. the way you talk about your business or whatever, or what you do at night, mm -hmm. is you realize you first identify where you are in right. that specific situation. And I was, I'm actually, we're coming out with an article pretty soon on this. Um, it's being edited right now, and I always feel like you have two options. So you you identify the situation you're in, and you either say, "I'm okay with it," right, and I'm going to make myself happy with that situation. This is the decision I made. Yeah, and I'm going to live with it, and I'm going to find or you come to the other conclusion, it's like, you know what, I'm not happy with it, I'm gonna do something about it. Yeah. There's, I don't see any other, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but you know, I give my advice to my kids with this. Like, yeah. either find a way to be happy with it, or do something about it. Yeah. I don't think there's any, in, and then what you've done is you've actually done that, you've done something about all these little different things that have been going on in your life. Right. And the result of it, maybe this book, and other things that you're doing with your business, and just saying, hey, let's just say what I gotta say. Here I am. Yeah, take it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think the key to that first is, is that, you know, easily you could pull away from this and say, well, that's all about me. Uh, but, but in order for this to really be effective and for us, for you to really be, really be aligned. And my, this is my belief about this: to really be aligned with your life and your work, everything that you do has to have the people that you serve in mind first. It's not about me. Like We can talk about me and the transformation I've gone through, but at the end of the day, the transformation that I've gone through, my hope and my, my, you know, my intention behind that is that it becomes uh, of great value to the people that I serve. Mm -hmm. Because I can more fully give to them, and I mean this in all sincerity, you know, mm -hmm. I can more fully give to them, I can more fully help them, 
if I'm not living two lives, if I'm living, you know, hey, everything aligned. is simple. Yeah, aligned. everything yeah. is aligned, right? I mean, that's that's really kind of the overarching theme for me over this past year and a half. It's yeah. just getting everything aligned. So, so when you say aligned, and we've talked about this before, and there's a lot of word. Balance is a key, is a buzzword. Alignment is a buzzword. Yeah, and you know, so balance is like, well, I'll do this for a little bit, and then I'll do something else for a little bit. Right. Alignment is. It's it's kind of it's in the middle of that, right? Explain what you have by, yeah, so, by that. So I mean, I, I think that a good example is the whole work life balance. Mm -hmm. So balance is where you have two opposing things, and you have to compromise and figure out, okay, how do these things, you know, stay, you know, occupy the same space without interfering with each other. Alignment is where those two things maybe they are they look different, but they are working together towards a common end goal. So when I think about my life and I think about my work. You know, we, that's why I look at work-life balance. I say the two shouldn't be opposed because the reality is they're not. You're, the two are intertwined. We've just bought into this idea that there needs to be a business me and a personal me. But alignment is where those two things together combined help you get to that end goal or they're moving towards the vision of the future that you have. And that's what really, that's where you really get into your flow. You get into that zone of, okay, this is what I do. You don't feel like you're having to balance things out. Well said. Thank you. Yeah. This book, where do we get the book? So the place to get the book uh, is, actually you can get it on my site right now if you go to thenewfuturist.com. And uh, there's a, a space right there where you can click the button and get the book. There's two ways to get it. One, the first way is I will actually send you uh, a physical copy. So I paid for it, I'll send it to you, just cover the shipping. Uh, but if you want it uh, in a digital format instead, you can just download it. So you know, those are the two ways to get it right now. I do want more people to have uh, to have access to the book, it's super easy and simple to read. Yeah, well, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, we'll happy to tell more people about it. I think it's uh, obviously you said it yourself. It's the fifth book, and it's the best one. I think so. so. <laughs> but they can get the other book there as well. All the other books that you have there as well. Yeah, you, you certainly can if okay. any of those spark your interest. But I would even tell you this: don't get the other books. I mean, they're they're good. Okay. But I would say get this. This is the most important thing. Again, you know, putting put it putting himself out there. I like it. Yeah, well, I mean, what else you got to do? Right? That's it. So. That's awesome. <laughs> what else is going on in your world right now? Oh, man. You have a lot. There's a lot going on. But uh, finally emerging from, uh, from being in a cave is the way I put it. You know, this past year has really been about building out the Foresight Academy, which is complete now. And we've already had students going through there. We've had students going through there at the University of Tennessee uh, at the executive education level. And then also uh, building a, a complimentary course that goes with the book here as well. It's the Future Three Skills Builder. That's another one too, because again, my goal is to reach more people, teach more people how to think this way, how to think like futurists, mm -hmm. how to actually take the tools and the strategies and put them into real practice, how to build a vision for the future. So, so, so you have the you have the mass, right? So you have the anyone can grab the book. Then yeah, it yeah. gets a little bit down down to the the class. Yeah, but you're also doing the one-on-one -on -one engagement. Oh, absolutely, okay. yeah. I mean, that was what I was doing before, right. which I love. I mean, right. being able to work with somebody or a small team one-on-one -on -one is really what I mean. I just absolutely enjoy it because okay. you get to watch people transform. It's, a, it's an honor to see that because yeah. you watch them go through something different. That's so, good, man. Well, we appreciate you spending time with us, talking about the book, talking about where you're at in your business, and a lot of good things going on. So thanks, thank man. you. Well, thanks for having me on again. All right, everybody, that is it for today's show. Again, thank you so much for being here. And if you have not subscribed, make sure you do that before you uh, turn this episode off. And then also visit us at thenewfuturist.com where you can find out more about our work, uh, a lot of the free resources that we have. And of course, if you want to take
take your strategic thinking, your decision-making, or increase that skill set uh, to drive real innovation and create the future, then you'll definitely want to check out the Foresight Academy. And you can find that on our website at thenewfuturist.com under courses, but you can also find that at theforesightacademy.com. Again, that's theforesightacademy.com. And this is something we're doing in partnership with the University of Tennessee, where uh, folks that go through this program and they complete it are uh, issued a certificate in strategic foresight from the Haslam College of Business at the University of Tennessee. So again, check us out at thenewfuturist.com, but also if you're interested in, uh, in the Foresight Academy and getting your certificate in strategic foresight, then definitely check us out at theforesightacademy.com. As always, uh, feel free to reach out to us directly. Let us know what you think. If you've got some ideas or comments or things that you want to see us uh, or hear us talk about, we want to hear from you. We want to know. So make sure that you comment on the blog and, uh, and leave us a note. All right. Thanks again, everybody. See you soon.